0: What is the flipping story, everybody? Um welcome to episode ten. Ten. Ten flippin' weeks, boys and gals. Huh? Um it's fantastic. It's just absolutely the growth that it has seen and the the feedback that I have gotten from this podcast since I started it is just it's already been just like food for my heart and for my soul um just i'm loving it i'm absolutely loving it welcome to episode 10 if you're sitting down to your cup of coffee pour me a cup if you're on the way to work you know try on the heat in there and, and we'll have a bit of a chat you know if you're on your long run or whatever the case may be i'm right there next to you and we're gonna we're gonna enjoy this now we're gonna enjoy this and we're gonna just have a bit of a chit chat together and hopefully we'll have a few smiles a few laughs and maybe a f- f- few few good thoughts you know what i'm saying I'm looking out this morning like I like I do nearly every morning that I wake up um and, and record this podcast um I'm sitting out and I'm looking out at the at the wild atlantic and there's there's a couple of there's a couple of mountains off in the distance across the water and um there's a couple of glimmering lights from cars not many not many just like really really sparse Lights that that kind of drift across my my eye line every now and then, one or two very faint lights of houses. But for want of the world, I, I like I have the world to myself this morning. I have the world to myself. I'm, I'm I'm here, and as far as I'm concerned, I have the I have the whole world to myself, except except a couple of sheep. There's a couple of sheep outside just wandering round the gaff, you know, being sheep you know, sheeping around the gaff, and, you know they come in and out of the house, like they own the place, like, you know what I mean, they just rock in, it's like, they don't even say hi, like, you know what I mean, they just rock in, if I was charging them, even a euro per head, for each time that they came on, and grazed on our grass, lads, there'd be no need to be getting the Patreon out, because I'd be making bank off these, these sheep, like, you know what I mean, they come in and out of here, right, and, they, they, they eat up all the grass, they poo, they wee. I've seen them do nearly everything on my grass now, right, at this stage, right? But you know what else I've noticed about the sheep is, they like, they obviously, there's lots of different sheep farmers around the gaff and they roll around in different herds, like, there's different gangs of sheep, right? So, you know, like, some of them are spray-painted red, some of them are spray-painted blue, you know? And, and, and the West Coast hip-hop aficionado in me is like, is there some kind of Bloods and Crips thing going on here? Like, is there some kind of underground political, you know, street sheep rivalry going on in here? For, for grazing grounds, you know what I'm saying? Because, like, our grass outside our house it's pretty green. Pretty good-ass grass. I'm saying, like, if I was a sheep, I'd probably be delighted to be grazing up in here. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I notice... Sometimes that the boys be butting heads, L- like literally butting heads. You know, like like you say, like oh yeah, Fred and Jimmy in the office they always butt heads. Fred and Jimmy don't actually butt heads. They don't they don't get like caught, you know crouched down in a, you know in a in a in an aggressive position and run at each other head first. Sheep do. Sheep butt heads. Right. This is not a figurative thing here. Right. And I'm thinking like, are they doing that because there's like. You know, gang rivalry within the sheep population of Ackle Island here. Like, and they know by the colour of the paint that's on their wool. Do you get me? You know, that's the type, type of stuff that I think about. Like, and I'm looking at these sheep, right? And yesterday, I was just driving to the shop, right? And I saw these sheep. And one of them was headbutting another sheep into the side. Like, not headbutting him in the head, not face to face, not button heads. He was butting him into the chest. I'm like, that's kind of a bit of a low blow, like, you know what I mean? That's that's gangster shit right there, like, you know what I mean? That's the type of shit where you're gonna go, that sheep there, boy, he's trying to do something to this to this other sheep here, you know what I mean? I just I didn't catch what colours they were. You know what I mean? If they were different colours or whatever, like, you know what I mean? What colours they were they were um they were repping, you know what I'm saying? But like, the thing is, I just don't want to get caught in the crossfire of this of this sheep gangland, you know. These the activities, like I don't want to be walking out wearing my blue fleece, you know, walking out to my car and one of these red spray painted sheep kind of goes, this guy's repping with the other homies, bang, just, you know, butts me into the side of the knee, ends my ends my running career, you know what I mean? Anyway, I'll keep you posted about that, you know what I'm saying? Um, it is episode 10, episode 10 is going to be about imposter syndrome. Right? And and do you know what's hilariously funny about this whole thing is I actually was suffering from a small bit of imposter syndrome when I released episode 9 100 Miles and Running. Right? I was like, you know, yes, I run a lot. I do lots of running. I've done ru- running of many different distances from one kilometer to 324 kilometers. I've done, you know, quite a bit in my short tenure as being an ultra runner right? And, you know, just because I don't have some kind of certificate from some kind of body that says that I'm a running coach, I kind of was checking myself all the time as to what I was saying to you. Now, I kept it purely, you know, in my experience, you know what I mean? Experiential. You know, I wasn't fucking faffing on about science up in here. You know, I wasn't talking science, bitch. I was just, you know, giving some general tips as to how I, I suppose, live my life as a runner. And, there was that imposter syndrome of who are you to be giving out advice or whatever that was coming in, but I quietened him and I said, "You know what? I'm going to keep this experiential. I'm going to talk about stuff that I know, and that's all I'm going to do." And do you know what? The response has been absolutely superb, absolutely superb. Like people are saying, oh, "I just want to, I, 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 I just want to go running. I want to start running, but I'm thinking differently about my running." People are saying, "I've been plateauing or I just got into a rut." You never get into a rut with anything. And that one thing that kind of drags you out of that rut. And I want people to think differently. I don't want this one or two weeks of, yeah, I'm going to run my ass off. And then, you know, you just fall off the face of the earth. I want, like, lasting change for you. You know what I mean? If that's what you want. You know, if that's what you want. If you want to start running and you want to change that element of your life, I want long-lasting change for you guys. You know what I'm saying? I don't want no, that, that wham-bam, thank you, ma'am, one-night stand type of business. Did you get me? So, yeah, anyway. The feedback on episode nine was actually incredible, so I'm I'm delighted, you know? Um and uh yeah, even since that then that episode right. it's very funny. This week, do you know what I've been really enjoying this week? I've been really enjoying housekeeping. Fucking hell by telling you now straight up. Absolutely love the shit like love like just wiping up around the counters, doing the dishes, you know, folding the washing, putting it away. You know, I love that absolutely mundane shit because I'm adding an element of meditation to all of these practices. So like, right, I'll give you this, right? This is the inside scoop here now on the meditation of washing the dishes, right? So you're there. Fill your hot, sudsy water. You know what I mean? Ready to wash the living shit out of some stuff. You know what I mean? You're, you're ready. You know what I'm saying? You're after doing a few jumping jacks few press ups you have to stretch and out your arms and legs of you're ready to get to work here like you know what I'm saying and I'm am standing there by the sink and there's a there's a frying pan inside in the in the sudsy water what i do when i am washing the dishes is i pick up that pan and instead of thinking about it as some just you know inanimate object that's completely removed from my life right i think of it as this tool that helps me to live my life better right and i'll explain that i'm cleaning and wiping this pan right and what i'm thinking when i'm doing that is i am cleaning you and i'm caring for you i'm caring for you because you enable me to cook the food that sustains me i am i'm going to use you i'm going to use you to 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 um, cook up my food. And then I'm going to clean you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to dry you. And I'm going to put you away. So that you're ready for the next time. That I want to use you. To sustain my life. And to and to, and to to cook for myself. Now you might be thinking. Look that's a bit far reaching Connery. I mean it's a bit like lovey dovey. You know. I'm okay with hugging trees. But like you know. You know. Rubbing down a, a frying pan. Ain't my gig. You know what I'm saying. But I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing it in a kind of a. A. a I suppose an overly meditative way. Um, in that regard, I suppose I am. I, I, am. I am I'm really feeding into it. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna take a step back here. You know, just because I think I might be judged. I, 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 really do. I think about it in that way. And when I pick up the plates, I'm like, you, you know, you, you carry my food. You know, you hold my food. It's such a strange way of looking at it. And I do that across the board with everything. And when I'm folding the clothes, I'm like I'm gonna fold you up now and I put you away nice and tidy, so that then when next time I need to put put clothes on my back, you know, put clothes on my back or I need to get ready for a run, you're there. Such a mad way, like it's it just seems to me like so, you know obvious in a way, you know what I mean? But um I'm Jesus I'm fucking loving it. Like, you know what I mean? I can hear my parents saying, Why the fuck weren't you like that when you were living with us, you fucking gombean? You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, I, 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 I didn't really get into it too much until I, until I moved out to ackle do you know what I'm saying? I suppose I really started to think about that aspect of my life. Love cooking dinners. Fucking love cooking dinners because it's just like it's a, it's a practice in itself while you're preparing the food. You know, like people are like, oh, I have to prepare dinner. Me too. I'm like that too sometimes. But a lot of the time now, these days, I'm like, do you know what? I'm really enjoying just prepping this dinner. Because I actually have, you know, the opportunity to fill my belly. You know what I'm saying? So, I think about it in that kind of a way. And, uh, like, I'm, I'm like to Mel. like, Mel, get up there and cause a fucking mess. Fucking fuck some shit around the gaff there. I'll clean the living shit out of it there for you. Because I love it, like. I'm absolutely... Love- Mel, fucking see, see that cup of coffee there? Tip it all over the fucking floor there. I'll, I'll mop the shit out of it. <laughs> no, in fairness, Mel is actually, like... Like, we're a partnership. Like, she's, you know... We 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 share the load. when it's not even that much communication involved. It's just like we know that we must do what we got to do. You know what I'm saying? So it's good. Anyway, that's just a little thing that I'm enjoying at the moment. Is just you know thinking about the frying pan being th- an actual thing. But anyway, right? I suppose we better get into it. We're we're ne- we're twelve minutes in there, now, nearly, and um I haven't actually um I haven't actually fucking got in got into you know, the main discussion or whatever, but yeah, enjoying washing up and doing the hoovering and all this kind of stuff, you know what I mean, I can't wait till I have my own little corner of the world, you know, my own little t- tiny house, I don't know why I always have it in my mind that I want to have a tiny gaff, but I don't know, I just like like small gaffs, like, you know what I mean, they're easy to heat, easy to clean, and they're easy to love, you know, and um, yeah, that's when I have my own little space, Jesus, I'll be fucking, I'll be doing stuff all the time. I'll be absolutely loving life. Um, But look, again, I don't really worry about that too much. Um, It is starting to brighten up here, guys. And the sky is absolutely amazing. Wow. Wow. There is just a splatter of purples and pinks in the sky there is lighter kind of pinky white cloud mixed in with dark like deep purples absolutely it's just astounding and they're just hanging gracefully over the hills that are off in the distance and it's just beautiful it's beautiful to be here to witness this so our main discussion the topic of of this week's podcast is imposter syndrome Right, and it's something that I've dealt with throughout my life, and I suppose that's why I've felt it you know that it is important for me to to cover it because I've felt it even lately because I've actually been approached by a few companies to work with them, I'm very selective about that type of stuff, very selective. honesty is one of my core values, right being an honest person and honest putting myself forward honestly. In a world where honesty isn't valued as much as it was on Instagram, honesty isn't valued as much we we don't mind and we don't care if people's photos are photoshopped. we don't care if people are only putting up jolly ass photos of them doing jolly ass shit. you know what I mean we don't care about that stuff because we just we just feed into it it's like oh yeah, you know we don't care if. Um, if if people have plastic in their face and their boobs or, you know, they have um, they they've half kind of depleted and starved their bodies to suck every ounce of water and um, salt and fat out of their body so that they can take pictures and stuff like that. We don't care about that. We just, we like quick, easy, you know, aesthetics, all this kind of stuff. And I'm just like, not about that. So when companies approach me, like and they want to work with me, you will get probably the best bang for your buck out of me in the history of the world if I find that we are a fit. Like, if, if, if I'm charging money to a company to work with them on a brand, right? And this is not about, a talk, about giving talks, giving talks, if the company wants to do something good for their employees and they have a good message, I'm all over it, right? And and that's regardless of, of you know, what the company is. You know, if it's an alcohol company or whatever, you know, I'll still talk to that company, th- that company's employees because they're obviously trying to do something good for their employees. And, and you know, just because they sell something or do something that I'm not, um, you, know, in, you know, incredibly into doesn't mean that they don't deserve it, whatever. But they will, you know... A company will get a lot out of me if we if we do a fit, but this is part of the imposter syndrome as well. It's like, on the other end of it, you're like, um, you know, do I belong in this sphere? But anyway, right. The definition of imposter syndrome, um, you know, uh, by Collins Dictionary is as follows: quote, a feeling that despite evidence of competence you do not deserve any success you achieve and are afraid of being judged by others who you believe are better than you, right? Now, I'm going to break it into two parts, right? So, the first part is the feeling of that despite evidence of, of competence, you do not deserve any excess you, uh, success you achieve. That's the biggest part of this whole thing for me, right? And, even reading that sounds heavy as fuck, doesn't it? It sounds so heavy. It sounds like that's a heavy boulder for somebody to carry around, you know? Um It really, really is. It's a heavy boulder for somebody to carry around. And it just um it doesn't get any easier if you don't actually face it. Do you know what I mean? In my own experience. It's just it's a hard one to swallow, you know. But um like I'll I'll explain using I suppose my own kind of tips and um a few kind of uh, positive reinforcements that you know ways we can combat that you know what I mean you know and and actually be able to live our lives to the to the to the fullest and I suppose where I where I I suppose the best example of my own imposter syndrome is when I was a when I was a tie boxer right I would train so, so hard when I was a Thai boxer, like incredibly hard. I barely gave myself a day off. I would train twice a day. I just really, really just, you know, I was incredibly committed and and disciplined. But where that commitment and discipline was coming from was the imposter syndrome that I'm actually going to get found out that I'm not as good a fighter as as, as people think I am, you know so i need to be super fit so that if i do get caught out you know fighting somebody uh, that's that's really really good that i will be fitter than them at least you know that was my that was actually the way that my mind worked so like i had about 20 fights as a thai boxer and i won about 14 15 of them right so I won the majority of them, but I went into every single one of them thinking that I was going to be beaten. Like, I literally hopped out of the ring one time after literally kicking the head off of somebody, right? Like, I kicked him in the head numerous times. And people were saying to me, Jesus, you were great, you were this, that, and the other. And I was like, oh, yeah, do you think so? I Like, I ha- I just didn't have any belief coming from the internal. It was all external and... When it's external, sometimes it doesn't even... Sometimes even when you have the external validation of, like, winning fights or doing good in a work project or something like that, it's not enough because it's just not coming from you. It's not coming from the internal, right? You're not your own guidance. You're not your own self-belief. So, like, I remember one time um, I, I, uh, I got a fight with this really, really good... Dutch fighter right and uh, I remember coming in actually the day that I found out that I was going to fight him my my coach said oh the Dutch are coming over and I'm actually bringing a nice strong Dutch guy over for you Connor. he's going to be he's, he's a good guy and uh, it'll be a great fight and I'm like he's a, he's a, he's a good fighter Um, uh, wh- wh- uh, what's his name uh, <laughs> I, I, I made the mistake of finding out his name and then there was loads of fights on YouTube of him knocking people out <laughs> right so he was, he was nearly, I think he was undefeated And I hopped in and I fought him Jesus, I fought my socks off that night Absolutely fought out of my skin that night And I remember coming to the end of the last round And, go, and like going over to my corner Just like still kind of breathing heavy from the fight like, do you, think I, do you think I won it? Do you think I won it? Do you think I won it? And he's like, Conor like You won every single round like, you know what I mean? You, you, you demolished him like, you know? And even though, like, I got my hand raised, I actually got my eardrum perforated in that in that fight, so funny, I was half kind of deaf, I had a kind of a wee, ringing in my ear, Um during the fight, like, you know what I mean, or like, and afterwards, and I was like, how did I do, I was like, oh Jesus, what are you shouting for, um, but even after the fight, I was actually out in the crowd, and people were telling me this, that, and the other, how good I was, and how you did this, and that, and blah, 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 and i couldn't even take it in i couldn't accept it i couldn't understand why they were talking like that about me you know what i'm saying even though i had just gotten out from beating this really really fantastic fighter you know literally believing that i wasn't good enough after actually kicking somebody to death <laughs> you know what i mean it was like what what was it going to take for me to believe that i was good what was it you know what i mean and it wasn't going to take the external because if you, if you're still believing that you're an imposter after actually, you know, achieving the number one success and that is, let's say, winning a fight in Thai boxing terms, like that's, that's, you know, that's when you know that your own self-belief is not coming from you and the imposter syndrome is just too, it's just, it's too much for the external to deal with. You need to have it coming from within you, you know and i think to be honest with you um i the reason why i had that imposter syndrome uh when i entered in you know when i was fighting in thai boxing was because i entered thai boxing for reasons of gaining validation i was starting already from day 1 when i first entered the gym in a place of of very little self belief and self esteem and and seeking external validation from my peers right so i entered into thai boxing thinking like that and being in that mind state so even you know achieving the successes of winning fights was not enough it wasn't enough to to really change that or to fulfill the validation that i was seeking from day one do you get what i'm saying it was so there was so much self doubt there that no external success was actually going to be able to change that you know what i mean um and i wasn't going to be able to um i wasn't going to be able to get myself out of that until i i had turned the light from the external winning fights what people would say about me you know how my coach talked about me all of these things until un- unless i changed my my own semblance of, of validation from these external things and change them into the internal of, you know, Connor. you are a great fighter. You know, you can fight. You are going to be able to mix it up with anybody that you get into the ring with. You know, believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. Believe that you will do it. You know, believe that you will will do it. And I would actually say that to myself, but I just think that it was just... It was a difficult one. It was a difficult one because, um, even, i I had a little bit of it in 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 work as well. Like I would have, I like I I, I basically like I suffered from depression. I suffered from from manic depression, right? And so I would be absolutely, I'd be the life at a party, cracking jokes, you know, high energy, making you know making buddies, selling cars. That's what I was doing at the time. All this kind of stuff, and then boom. I get hit with a few bad things would happen, a few deals would cancel. You know, I'd have a bad week, and then that bad week turns into a bad month, and then that bad month leads to a bad leads to a bad review with my boss, and then it And then I'd make it back up again. I'd have a really really good month, and I'd be on fire again, blah blah. blah and then I go dip back down. But that's because my own belief in myself as a salesperson, or like in myself as a jo- in the job, was completely and utterly based on the external and how I was like, actually performing, whereas if I actually was, you know, um, gaining some semblance of belief from within myself of, yeah, I am good at my job, I can sell cars, I am very personable, and I, you know, really enjoy talking to the people that I sell cars to, and all of these different things, and I was feeding myself that every day, then it wouldn't really matter if, like, a deal cancelled or whatever the case may be, because when the deal cancelled i would probably believe that i'm going to make it up and i'll be able to you know get another sale do better tomorrow all of these things but i want you know i'm not thinking in that frame of mind right i'm not thinking of of that that frame of mind and the second half of that definition right of of being judged by others you believe are better than you right i i, I suppose i i wasn't really being i, I yeah i suppose I suppose there was an element of like believing that people were better than me at at Thai boxing, and believing that people were better than me at selling cars. But nowadays, nowadays, where my imposter syndrome comes in, when I'm like, "Who are you to be talking like this? Who are you to be giving out this type of advice? All this kind of stuff." When when that voice creeps in, it's probably it's if you if you um if you were to exchange the word better for more knowledgeable i i i I, I do get that where i'm i'm putting out these uh tips and these hints and stuff like that and i am i suppose wondering if there are people that are more knowledgeable on this that are going to be like you're a bullshit artist they're not they're not that's that's just my that's ronach if we're going back to the mike tyson conundrum episode that's ronach that's my dark side voice coming in that's not actually true that these people are you know that these these absolute super wizard scientists of the running world are going to come down at me and lay a lightning bolt on me or like cast a vex on me and turn me into a frog you know what i mean like that's not going to happen you know, but the the voice the imposter, the imposter syndrome feeds you that voice. you know what I mean? No, that's everything like that's my own experience, through this whole thing, because I never want to sit here and say to you guys, this is how you run your lives or whatever the case may be, without letting you know that I have suffered with these things in the past, I have battled these things in the past, and I will continue to battle these things into the future. I just have better, sharper, stronger tools to deal with them now. So that it, the, it comes to the point where I'm not, you know, getting completely down in the dumps and it's not a, a roller rollercoaster of, of manic depression. There's not, you know, soaring highs and plummeting lows. There is a mid-ground. There is a middle ground where I can just be, where I'm just Connor. I'm just, I'm in my heart and my head. I'm not up in the sky. I'm not down on the floor, you know what I mean, and that was one of the things that I really wanted to achieve in life was that, that balance, that stability, that you know, that stability that comes from within, from within self belief, right? So, how I combat the imposter syndrome. We've just went through what imposter syndrome is, how it arose in my life, and now I'm going to talk m- about the the um the aspects of life that i use are these protocols that i have that help me to battle the imposter right so i haven't i don't know if i've talked about this very much since since episode 2 but i i have i suppose this major tool of mine that is i suppose if there was one sentence to categorize everything that i use in my mind to make sense of the chaos of 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 the world is it's this concept that i have called being my own best friend it's such a simple thing such a simple concept it even sounds simple right but being your own best friend is one of the toughest things that you can actually do because you are then charged with the, the responsibility of having the best interests for yourself in mind at all times. Now, you're not going to have it at all times. You know, There's, we all, we're, we're, we're human. And part of being your own best friend is having that compassion to know that you're human and you do st- stumble and fall and make mistakes. But this concept of being my own best friend, right, it started... And this is how I started being my own best friend was. It started by, yet again, turning that light from the external to the internal, right? That's the number one. That's the foundation for being your own best friend is forget about everything else. Forget about your job. Forget about your sporting performance. Forget about your physique. Forget about your relationships, Forget about all of these external aspects of your life for one moment, right? Clear your head of all of them, right? And just think about you, right? Think about you, who you are, what do you say to yourself? How do you talk to yourself? How do you treat yourself? How do you feel about yourself? What way do you think about yourself? And if you were like me, for a very, very long time, you don't really think about yourself too great. You don't talk to yourself too great. You don't pat yourself on the back. You give yourself a hard time. That's, that's, that's what I did, you know, for a very long time. was I was my own worst enemy. I was living in that imposter syndrome. No self belief. You know, riddled with self doubt and low self esteem. So, when we're talking about being our own best friend, that is not, you know, anything to do with your job or sports or relationships or or any other endeavour. It's about you, it's about the four corners of your mind. How do you think about yourself? How do you treat yourself? Do you treat yourself terribly do you, do, you, do, you, do you thinking about yourself right now, do you treat yourself well? And this is the this is the concept that I talk about when I talk about when I, when I give talks to companies, I ask them this question you know surrounding the concept of being your own best friend, right? The concept of being your own best friend is, right? I want you to imagine for a moment, right? Just take the time now to imagine this. You are given a loved one's body and mind to look after for a week, right? You love this person, right? You are given their body and mind for a week to take care of. What would you do with it? You'd probably make sure that it got, you know, easy to moderate exercise every day. You know, the body moved around the place. You'd make sure that it drank plenty of water, stayed hydrated, that it ate good food, you know, that it was well nourished and looked after. And then for its mind as well, you would make sure that it was thinking good thoughts about itself. You would be taking care of that person in that kind of a way. You would want the best for them. Right? So I'll ask, what would you do if you were given your body And your mind for a week. Mmm. It's a little different. It's a little different for us. You know. We are not straight away jumping to the. I want the best for me. You know. Do you look after your body like you're, you're looking after the body of your best friend. Do you drink enough water? Do you get out and move around the place in the outdoors? Do you eat nutritious food? Do you get enough sleep? Do you think good things about yourself? If we were given our best friend's body and our best friend's mind to look after for a week and we were we were given that responsibility of that care, we would of course do those things. We would look after our best friend. We've been given this huge responsibility, but we have been given this huge responsibility to look after our own body and our own mind, and we we tend to not do as good a job with our own body and our own mind, and I want from now to change that for you. I I wanna I want to maybe give you something to spark that thought in you to start looking after your body and mind as if you were being your own best friend. That's what I mean when I say my own best friend. I have my own best interests in mind. I don't talk nasty to myself anymore. Just as I don't talk nasty to my best friends to my loved ones, to my mother and father. I don't talk nasty to them. I don't give them a hard time. I don't beat them up, you know, with my words. You know, I would love to see my parents or my best friend eating good, healthy food, drinking enough water. I wouldn't like to see my best mate, you know, eating shit food every day, gaining weight, not feeling good, you know, in his his body, you know, not being healthy. I wouldn't like to see that you know so why would i why would it be any different for myself i've been given this duty of care over my own body and my own mind i have that responsibility the the responsibility is mine and my own you know what i mean there's nobody else that's going to actually look after me that, you know farm me i'm going to have to do that so we can be our own worst enemy or we can choose to be our own best friend and That is the foundation to where I started to crawl up out of this imposter syndrome. Because from pointing that light inwardly at myself and being my own best friend. I I became less of an imposter in my own mind because I I had way less self-doubt. I had far higher self-esteem. And it allowed me then to explore different arenas in life, it opened up so many more doors for me. So that's the foundation, right, of how I combat the imposter syndrome is being my own best friend through my thoughts and actions. Now, how we build upon that is we bring in the concept of... So how you you talk to yourself when you are in the your own best friend mindset is and I've got a few quotations written down here from things that I have said to myself time and time again throughout my life especially when things are kind of going a bit shitty you know things are a bit shitty you know I went outside got head butted in the knee by a sheep you know dressed in red you know things are not doing too good you know I lost an earphone and my car won't start And there's an engine warning light on my car and it's freezing cold and I drop my favorite mug and smash that all over the kitchen table. That kind of time, you know, when it's kind of just like small little things that seem so huge at the time, but they're actually small little shitty things, right? How I say these things to myself is I start by saying things like, and this is in the own best friend, you know, mindset. You are worthwhile. Very simple. You are worthwhile. You are a good person. That's another one. It's a really, really good one because we don't say that enough to ourselves, and we often give ourselves a hard time. But you are a good person, and you are. That T-shirt looks good on you, Chief. You know what I'm saying? Give yourself a bit of props. You know what I'm saying? You know, give yourself a, like a, a little bit of hype, like you know what I mean? That T-shirt looks good on you, boy. You know, arms looking good. You know, feeling good. You're drinking enough water and you're feeling great, aren't you? And that's the kind of stuff that I say when I'm in the best friend mindset. When I want to level up. And this is what I use actually in my in my the latter periods in ultra marathon races, right? When I'm people say like what do you think about like when you're, you know, when you're 80 miles into a run or 120 miles into a run, what are you thinking like, you know? I'm basically after morphing into my own biggest cheerleader I'm after grabbing a set of pom poms I've got my little short skirt on you know what I'm saying got my legs all shaved up they're looking good they're looking nice you know what I'm saying I got the 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 pins looking good you know and I'm after turning into my own little cheerleader right and when you do that and when you when you level up and you put the you put the the walls and the roof on top of your own best friend foundation and you put that on you put the, the, the biggest cheerleader roof on top of that, right? The quotes kind of sound something like this. You can do whatever you put your mind to. Quote, you were built for this. This is what you breathe for. Imagine the imposter syndrome trying to fucking break down that wall. After I've just fucking said that I am built for this. And that I breathe for this. Whatever it may be. Maybe it be, you know, doing this podcast. Going for this run, you know. Making this fucking dinner. You breathe for this. You were built for this. That's that, that's that fucking biggest cheerleader coming up and smacking you on the back and saying, Let's fucking go, like let's do it like we can do whatever we put our mind to and something that i have used especially in my instagram and my my spotify um through my podcast and all this kind of stuff is that when i feel like i have those things of you know who the fuck would want to hear what you have to say this is the quote that I use. My my biggest fucking cheerleader bursts out of the motherfucking closet, right? Bursts out, dressed up all sparkly, looking nice, makeup's done all good, feeling great. You know what I'm saying? And I say, everyone needs to see and hear the beauty that you can bring to the world. Yeah, fucking right. Because there is enough negativity and shit in the world that... Me jumping onto this podcast and telling people that they can live their lives to the best of their ability and that they can change their lives and that the world is actually a wonderful place if you are in the position to see it so. You know? You know, fuck this negative talk all the time. I'm going to get out here and I'm going to share this beauty. You know what I mean? Do you see the difference there, right? Between being your own best friend, which is the basis, just you're a good person you know, you're doing good things, you, you're looking good, <laughs> you're feeling good, you know, drink that water, doesn't that make you feel great, well done, well done for looking after yourself, well done for looking after yourself by eating that good meal, well done for looking after yourself for drinking that water, the biggest cheerleader comes in, and it, it's fucking building like, it is building on top of that foundation of being your own best friend, and I'm telling you, when you get into the position where you are your own best friend which i am now at the moment you know what i mean i am like it's 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 been a hard fought battle now i got i get ronok i get ronok you know the the dark voice that i've labeled ronok i get i get him coming in sometimes you know what i mean he came in last night tried to sit down and have dinner with me i told him to fuck off cuz i thought about things rationally and i just realized that he he doesn't have a place in the sitting room tonight you know, but I am in the, you know, I am in my own best friend mindset all the time, and so when I do need to call upon that cheerleader, he's there, because that's when you need him, is when you, when you, um when you have that imposter syndrome coming in and going, I do not deserve these successes, or who am I, who am I to do these things, you know, your cheerleader comes in and that voice, whoever that voice is, he th- that cheerleader is giving him a fucking flying kung fu chop into the neck, right? Boof! Getting them clean out of the house, like dragging them by the back of their jacket and tossing them the fuck out of the house because they don't have a place in your house. They don't have a place in your house. Your house is for you. It's for you and you only. Your your house does not need another tenant of that fucking bullshit dark imposter syndrome voice so that's why we get the cheerleader out you know and the thing about your own biggest cheerleader and your own best friend is they are so fucking strong they have been in the gymnasium like they have been pumping iron they have been absolutely you know they've been sharpening them tools up you know what i mean they want they want to get them hands they want to get them hands on them you know, not want to get the hands going. They want to lob a couple of uppercuts into the fucking head of that imposter. That imposter voice in you. They're going to bust them up like. But the thing is we have to train them. We have to keep them in the gym of our lives. You know what I mean? We have to form them. We have to mold them. And they're going to fall down. They're going to fall down. They're going to come away with black eyes sometimes. You know what I mean? But all in all. They are going to. Come out on top. There. They're going to beat that negative voice. And I can tell you that now for sure. right? Because I'm telling you. I had to win a huge battle. You know. My own best friend and my own cheerleader. Concepts had to win a huge battle. Against the imposter syndrome. For this podcast to even come about. Homies. You know. And just like. Just like. um, When I talk about supreme reality. In the Mike Tyson conundrum, right? I talk about supreme reality. That when this negative voice comes in, we're going to talk about it in 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 supreme reality, right? We're going to check 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 itself before you wreck itself. You know what I'm saying, right? They are, um, they, what um you can use in that supreme reality is right. I'm just going to use one example, right? Because um, we're actually nearly nearly to the end of this podcast. I just want to finish up with a little little story, but. Um, when you do have that imposter syndrome comes in, right? Hit it with a bit of that supreme reality that I talked about in the Mike Tyson conundrum, right? So I'm gonna give an example here, right? You are an engineer, whether you're a software engineer, chemical engineer, pharmaceutical engineer, whatever the case may be, or you're in that field, right? And you go into work every day, right? And work is hard work is hard for you, right? No, you get paid good money. And that's because your work is hard. Your work is hard, so you get paid good money, right? Fair, seems like a fair deal, yeah? Okay, cool, we're gonna move on from here. Every day, you're looking at your colleagues or you're looking at your boss and you're thinking to yourself, I am so in over my head, I'm out of my depth, I have no idea what I'm doing, right, okay. Let's, let's think if that were actually true, right? There have never been more college graduates than there are in the last 20 years. There's never been more college graduates than there has been in the last 20 years of the world's existence, right? Okay, So the, the employment market is, is saturated in qualified people, correct? Yeah, correct. There are many, many people looking to do, you know, many different jobs, right? So, when you interview for any job that requires any bit of, you know, a a lot of effort or a lot of, uh, of expertise or knowledge, you are in there with many, many other people that are also very, very knowledgeable, very qualified. They got more degrees than a thermometer, as they say. You know what I'm saying, right? And... Through all of that and those processes, you might have had two or three interviews looking at what you've done. They, these people's job, right? The, the people that, that are, are hiring you, their job is to pick the right person. That's all their job is. So if you don't think that they've picked the right person in you, you think that they're terrible at their job. Do you think they're terrible at their job or do you think they're good at it? If you answer that question of, yeah, I do think they're good at their job, then you must believe that you are suited and fit for the job, right? They picked you for that job because it's a tough job, and they they saw you as the right person to do it. When they give you that responsibility for that job, they expect you to have, you know, difficulties in that job. If there was no difficulties arising from the job that you are in, no, everybody would be able to do it. Everyone would be able to do it but you are able to do it, right? You're in, you're in whatever field you want to be in, you know, in the medical profession, in legal profession, in engineering, pharmaceuticals, you know, you're in whatever, computers. When you're in those fields, they require expertise because they are tough. So if you're finding the job tough, it's kind of exactly what it's meant to be. So these people have decided that you are the right person for the job. This is supreme reality, right? They expect you to have struggles in the job. That's why they pay you so well. If you didn't and you got on so super well, nothing ever bothered you ever about this job, would you really think that they have, would have hired you for this position or that you would even have wanted the position in the first place? You're going to be bored out of your skull. So, and even when you have successes, sometimes you can actually not think about it in this realistic way. But let's say you have a success, you have a project done, your boss is delighted, wants to bring it upstairs, Susan Syrah, you know, to the gals and the guys up in the main office, right, and so she brings it up and she passes it over to the boss and the, 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 the bosses and they're like, oh yeah, this is fantastic, great, unreal, we're going to present this to the board at Watson, such and such. And you get the pat on the back and you feel, oh, Jesus Christ, like I've gotten away with that one. Let's think about the reality of that, right? So you've studied for the expertise. You got through a fairly rigorous selection process, imaginably, because there are so many other qualified people out there. You had to have beaten at least one person in in, in getting this job. You know what I mean? It's just mathematically, statistically, you know, you're not the only person that's fit for this job. So they picked you. Then they gave you the responsibility of this project. They believe in you. They believe in what you're doing, right? And then thirdly, once the project is finished, they're not, they're not blowing smoke up your hole. They're, they're, this is a fucking business. They would tell you, look, this is not up to scratch. But they're not. They're saying this is fantastic. Let's t- think about that in all reality, right? And when we, ta- when we weigh that supreme reality against the negative voice, against, let's say, the Rannoch in me. And then, on top of this supreme reality, we say, you were built for this. This is what you breathe for. And that cheerleader comes in. You know, you stand a bit straighter. You know, your chin is a little bit fucking higher in the air and you're you're breathing in through your nose. (sighs) I'm ready. You know what I mean? I'm ready to become who I think I am. You know what I mean? Because I do think I'm great. I do think I'm capable and I'm ready to become that person and leave leave that fucking imposter behind. You know? Leave that perceived imposter behind. So yeah. So as I said, this podcast would have never ever come about if I didn't fight that fucking voice, that that voice in me that says, Who are you to be re- you know, record the podcast? And then I record the podcast and I get this feedback. And you know what? It actually took me a bit of a while to accept the good feedback but I accept it now. And that's why I do it every single week and I make it my passion to do this every single week because I love it. I love doing it. It's it gives me joy. I'm looking out at the at the skyline today and I've seen it move and change and transform into different colors and I've just enjoyed chatting to you guys, you know, for this for this time. And the same best friend cheerleader attitude mindset that I've had that have allowed me to start this podcast will allow me one of these days to write a book I will write a book and and that's and I deserve to write a book and I have I believe experience and knowledge and information that I feel people could benefit from so I'm gonna write the goddamn book you know what I mean Word up to any publishers out there. Get on to me. <laughs> we'll do some business. You know what I'm saying? We'll get, we will get what we want in our lives. Because we actually call the shots. Nobody else calls the fucking shots for me. Nobody calls the shots for you. You call the fucking shots in your life. Even if you say, oh no, my boss does. No, he doesn't. He doesn't call the shot. If you want to fuck off and do what you want you want to leave that company or you want to to do something else with your life, you call the shots. It's up to you. It's your responsibility. It's your life. You have been given your mind and your body and it's up to you to take care of it. Just like I said to you there about taking care of your best friend's body or whatever, you are your own best friend. And you have to take care of your mind and your body and you have to make sure that those things are taken care of. It's your responsibility. And with that responsibility comes enormous freedom because that freedom is we are the captain of our own ship here. We decide where we set sail to. We decide where we port. We decide what way our gaze is fixed in our lives. We decide these things. Nobody else does that for us. We forget that sometimes. You know, we forget that sometimes that we, we actually sit in the driver's seat. You know what I mean? And I just want to say like there's, you know, there isn't an all, I, I been, been an awful lot of negativity in the world, you know, recently. But we got to keep living like we have to keep living. We can't stop living, you know. We can't stop ourselves from doing things that our body and mind desires us to do. We have to think about ways of making these things happen and come true for us. We cannot sit there and feel that we are imposters in our own lives. You make the difference in your own life and that's it. We have to keep living. We have to keep living. We will find our meaning and our purpose in this life and we have to keep winning. And keep on moving forward, and we have to keep living. And we will stop. We will stumble, and we will fall, and we will have to get the fuck back up. And you know there'll be people looking at you, you know, and you'll be dusting yourself off. Oh, I just fell over there, you know. You know, feeling a bit embarrassed, but no, I don't feel embarrassed anymore for f- for falling down, for failing at something, or whatever the case may be, because I'm I'm out here trying. You know what I mean? Who's you know I am the man in the arena as 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 it had said, you know what I mean, I'm the one who's fucking putting my own body and mind out there to be to be picked apart, you know, but I'm my own best friend and I'm my own biggest cheerleader, so you better believe you better be coming at me really hard with anything in life if you want to knock me down and keep me down you won't you won't you won't do it you won't you won't do it, and they won't do it to you either. Because the best friend inside of you might not be talking very loud at the moment. But it will. It will. One of these days when, when push comes to shove. It will tell that imposter to fuck off. And it will take over for you. And you will decide that you want to live your life to the best of your ability. Because we have to keep living guys. We have to keep living. Ugh. <sighs> I'll end it on that note, will I? Jesus a marvellous day here. It is a marvellous, marvellous day here. Um if I can say one thing before I go, try and pull some beauty out of today. Whatever it may be. Try and pull some beauty out of the, the natural wonder of the world today. Whether it's you know the way that a flower is leaning into the light so that it can feed itself or whether it's a it's a fantastically crafted lantern that's hanging on the wall and it's beautiful craftsmanship that has, that has made that happen or it's the heat that's coming from a fire or even the radiator It's going to keep in you warm or it's a beautiful picture that you've taken or a beautiful picture that you've seen Let's let's sit into that beauty, let's feed into that and let's let's let it infect our lives and infect who we are. So as always, I'm leaving you with peace and with love. Con.